Make sure my eyes is good. But yeah, you can adjust the mic. So actually, you can talk. It's the way that you talk in front of it like this. So like this? No, no. See where it says back on the back? So you're like talking to the front of it. Oh, shit. I'm breaking stuff. <laughs> I know you it just, uh, was that just a clamp? No, we're good. Where does it say back though? See? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm talking to the right side? Yeah. Oh, okay. I just didn't want you talking to the top of it. That's that was just clamped to the mic stand. That's all. <laughs> and you're breaking shit. Right. <laughs> shit, I can't afford. No, nah, you good, Joe. I feel like it. I don't know where this artwork is from, but I feel like it. What album is this on? Um. Okay, yeah, it's his newest I album then. Yeah. A lot of niggas rich, but it hit different when you come from zero. They know I bang C's, but every day I need a different bureau. Super superstitious, that's my niggas, I still pick up pennies. You can't give attention to these bitches when your name get mentioned. If I don't kill him, he gon' be in critical condition when I'm finished with him. Some shit just can't face you when you been that nigga. Brody died and she had me all sentimental. Cause got life in jail, I pray to God they overturn the sentence. I got too much money for my mom to work a job. I know she's like one of the first, first young niggas that I listened to that I was like, yo, she's different. Yeah, yeah. Like, so different. <laughs> I don't understand who be saying, like, all his stuff sounds like, it's not. Y'all don't, y'all aren't listening, I feel like. Yeah, I think it depends on who you ask. I think the older we get, like, we, we it's harder to for us to listen to younger dudes, but he definitely stood out. I was like, oh, he's talking. Like, I think it was really, it, it, might, it might be cool. I wouldn't even say corny to say, but cliche to say, but it was when he did that one song after the uh, George Floyd situation. Um, what was that? Yeah, bigger than black and white. Yeah, I was. I had to turn. I was like, yo, who the hell? Like, but that's what we need. Like, I feel like with our generation, I can't say our generation, with my generation, we lack empathy. Like when stuff be happening, everybody's on the net making jokes. They're just, you know, he stood out with that because it's like he's speaking. Real life. I think that the, it was just so unexpected and not to be like not to get on him but it was like we ain't used to hearing like down south artists do that anymore right because we like down south is the ones that turned us up you know stuff that we or grandparents stuff went through and they were making music about it like that was hard yeah, it was. And we it, like did the video, you see videos? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's not how, like, that was turned. Yeah. And I like that it was like, it's one thing to do that and try to pander, but he was like super authentic to what he said. He's like, I ain't saying I ain't done this or that, you know what I'm saying? But he, he just spoke so much about like who he was. It was such like, like, look, I ain't got the answers, but what's going on is wrong and I don't like it. And he said it in such a poetic way, a vulnerable way. And it was just good. Like, beyond, Literally. like, everything, like, <laughs> beyond all that other stuff, it was just good rapping. I was like, yo, this dude is different, man. Definitely. So I, I will say, like, this last album, it was hard for me to get through it be only because I didn't like the way, like, for some reason, it was, like, too low or something. Like, I don't know the way it was engineered. Maybe I didn't hear it in the right setting, but yeah. 
I feel like when I was listening to it, there was like two two songs on there I always go back to. It's the one uh, Pop Out, mm-hmm. and then the other one with uh, Young Thug. Okay, I forget yeah. the name of it, but I know what you're talking about. Them is the two that I always go back to, but I haven't listened to the whole album. The album with him and Dirk was different. I, there's that whole all the way no through. Skips. I mean, I don't never skip a song. Anymore, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> so you're a big no little baby fan. Level. Why did you be like? Why though? Out of all the young artists, all the people out there right now. I feel like I have a good ear for music. So like when it was like what 2018, I happened to hear his uh, what was the song called? I want to say the song was called, I can't even remember what the song was called, but it was like something about, and I'm just like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm listening to him. Dan Wap ended up reaching out to me like, yo, could you host my birthday party? I'm bringing a little baby, da 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 And mm. I'm like, how the hell you know about a little baby? Like, Because <laughs> Pittsburgh be so late on everything. Yeah. So when they you just said Wap, just name dropping, but go ahead. There's going to be probably swear. a bunch of those throughout this. And he's like, <laughs> uh, he brings on, and he was like rocking, and I'm like, yeah, like you know, yeah. Pittsburgh's catching on, and I was yeah. like, when he first really started, so I'm like, yeah, it's about to be up. And swear, ever since then, it's like his career just went crazy. I mean, but that's his career. Like you said, you have a good eye for or ear for art or music in particular. Like, what do you think it was about him? Like you've heard a lot of music. There's so many people out. It's easy to get lost in all of it. To me, it's just like you said. He's very poetic. Like okay. he. He got away with his words, and you could tell, like, the stuff he raps about. Like, there's some people out here, like, you know, their songs, and it's just like, he ain't never really been through that. Like, mm-hmm. you could tell the stuff he raps about, it's really, like, real life for mm. him. Like, he's real, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, he feels real strong about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, man. That's well, I'm going to stop before I, <laughs> no, it's all right. Before I get too far into this podcast, this is another episode of the I Don't Know Tom podcast, and I'm really fortunate to be here with my homie Keyshawna or as I met her badass Rose <laughs> <laughs> but you know I, I when I did this podcast I always thought about how you know I wanted this to be a platform for all the unique voices and I would want to start with my hometown Pittsburgh and you're definitely one of those unique people in Pittsburgh you pop thank out you, you have you. an impact and I feel like you've definitely created a brand for yourself of being like just to, somebody who goes and gets it by any means, you know what I'm saying? And unapologetically you in a lot of ways. Would you say that's true, accurate, am I spot on? What do you you're, think? Yep, you're very spot on. Okay. <laughs> what do you what do you think that comes from? Um honestly my mom. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter what, I never seen her quit, never went without nothing. Like we was on section eight and everything and I would have never known. Like mm. until I got older and realized, like, you know, oh shit. Like yeah. this is how I grew up. But I never felt it. Like mm-hmm. That's crazy. Like the it's the the first thing you thought of when I asked you where you like this comes from, you said your mom. Like why do you was that just an early example? Like have you seen like her in contrast to other people give up and you just saw her go through it? Like what was it about her in no. particular? You know how like they be saying, I be seeing this post on Facebook all the time where it's like, no matter what storms I go through, my child never felt it. I never felt it. Mm. Like growing, after growing up, like once we got, well, what's the once we got older? Well, I mean, yeah, we both grew, but yeah. once I got older and she would like tell me certain stuff, it's like I would peep certain stuff. Like, you know, I would go like, when she would say something like, and I would go back and think like, damn, like, you know, mm-hmm. This really did happen, but I never knew what was going on. It's like she always yeah. kept it away from me. Like, so she managed to kind of 
build a life for you that separated you from a lot of like the drama or stuff that could impact you. Literally. That's fair to say? Sorry. All right, hold on one second. All right, so one of the things that I want to do whenever I have this podcast is I want to try to be somewhat consistent. I could go off on tangents, but mm-hmm. um, in that consistency, the first question I typically ask people is, who are you? So if I was to ask you, who are you, how would you ask, answer that? That bitch. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just Keyshawna, like, I'm Rose. I don't know. I, I don't know how to really explain myself. I'm just me. All right, so you said that bitch first of all. That was the first thing you say. What does that mean to you when you say that? I'm that bitch. I'm me. Okay, but that means something. Explain, like, paint the scene for me. What does that bitch do? Um, she takes care <laughs> of business. Okay. She don't take no shit. Mm-hmm. And she's on her shit. All right. I feel like there's this element of, like, being this either a boss or not taking shit that you keep bringing up. Why is that so important to you? Because I feel like when you don't embody who you are or who you feel like you are, people feel like it's easier to play with you. Mm. Like, do you feel like that happens to you sometimes? Like, people try to, like, at least get over on you or take you for granted or something like that? It has happened, but I feel like once I really pop my shit, it's like, Mm -hmm. all right, all that's shut down. I don't got to worry about that. All right. So you feel like you got the ability to, like, really put yourself like put yourself out there to a way that you can dictate terms about what's going to happen moving forward. Right. Where does that come from? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. That's like a supreme there's the whole I don't know Tom podcast. That's why we <laughs> <laughs> That's why we have it. Yeah. But no, like there's this like I mean what I'm hearing from you is this almost this supreme confidence. Yeah, and it took me a while to even step into that, honestly. Mhm. Cuz I'm a very 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 humble person. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when you're as humble as I am, it like it's easier for people to try to like you know play with you, play with mm-hmm. like. Mm-mm. Yeah, one of the things I find interesting is like sometimes when people say things about themselves, they just say it like that's it is just is what it is. They were just born like that, right? But there's a lot of different ways that you can react to the things that have happened to you or who you say you are, like you've chosen to like be this person, somebody that people cannot mess with. Like why that person? Why that superhero persona? Mm. Is it dangerous around? Like, do you feel like you're always up against something? No. Okay. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. That's a great question. Okay. I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Like, because I've always, I mean, even when I've met you, like, you were super cool. Like, I definitely would say humble, approachable. But you always seem like it was important to you for people to know that they can't fuck with you. That's a good question. I don't know why I'm like that. Yeah. I'm going to have to come back. And- Is there any examples of people, um, or do you feel like you've pulled any examples of that persona from somewhere? Like, or do, is there anybody else in your life like that? I don't think so, no. Okay. Not at all. <laughs> all right. What about, like, I mean, typically, if somebody has that, it's like they're either maybe protecting themselves or protecting other people. Like, do you feel like you maybe have to do either of those things? Both of them. Oh, really? Okay. Why is that? I mean, like, with people, I just, I don't like when people bother my friends. Like, I just, mm-hmm. that's one thing I stand on. Like, I'll go crazy about my friends before I go crazy about myself and it's like mm-hmm. 
I got a son now too, so I feel like I gotta protect him too. Mm-hmm. So it's just like in me, it's like I feel like I can handle anything that's thrown my way. So I really don't be, you know, okay. worried about that too much. But just my loved ones and stuff, and all, I don't. It's super important for you to protect your friends, right? Or why? Why is that important? Because it could you could just protect yourself and be out, look out for your own interests. That's just not me. I'm not that type of person. I'm not a selfish person, like at all. Yeah. I've learned to be selfish over the years, like just having a, you know, going through certain things I had mm-hmm. to, but other than that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you said uh, that your mom was like someone that you looked up to that managed to make sure that you either had or stayed away from a lot of the drama. Like when you got older, why? Did, how did you become aware of that? Mm. Just sitting back and really... Cause me and my mom went through a, web, a rough patch. Like, it was like when I was in like tenth grade. I want to say I just started wilding out. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't tell you why I was wilding out, but it was like yeah. bad. I used to fight her and everything. I had to move <laughs> with my grandma. Mm-hmm. And it's like once I got older, I'm like, why was I doing all that? It really yeah. took for my mom to get. She got um, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in mm-hmm. 2018, and it took for her to like get diagnosed with that for me to realize like. Why am I disrespecting my mom? Like, why is this like okay to me? Why mm-hmm. is this just like every day? You know, all right, fuck it. Like, da da da. Like, we're going at it. Why am I like this? Mm-hmm. She could die any moment. I'm her only kid. That's my mom. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have no siblings. So it's like I, that made me take a turn for the better, basically. Mm-hmm. And when you say that, like, you were going through this maybe rebellious phase, and you got hit with that this point in everything that was going on. What was it that you felt like you chose to do? Did you become more protective because of that diagnosis and, and what you were going through? Or Okay, yep, maybe. Look how you tapped that all together. It all came full circle. That's exactly what it was. Well, I'm not, I'm just, it was more so me asking, but I'll take the credit. But no, like, because yeah. based on, but this is all based on what you said. So I'm not, right. I don't know anything other than what you're telling me. So, mm-hmm. but it sounds like that kind of made you like almost do, like you were wild in the one direction and now you had to go like almost the same momentum in the other direction. Right. Yeah. So, but what I, what I find crazy about you willing to do what your willingness to do that is you, you know, there's a risk with that, right? Like always going there for people like you got to take on a lot of that. Like, what is that like for you? Mm-hmm. Mentally, sometimes it could be draining. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's just, <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> other than that, like, what you, yeah, I could be drained mentally, but other than that, like, that's big though, yeah. Because like, I know how to keep going when I'm drained mentally. Like, I know when to take. Like, I know when I'm to the point where I need to take a step back and okay. just focus on me. I know when it's like, you know, other yeah. than that, I feel like mentally, it's a mental thing. Like, okay. if you, I feel like I don't know how to explain it, but like, if I want to break, I'll break. Okay, but you do. That was the most important thing I wanted to bring up is the fact that like. If you recognize that it can be draining, what are the things that you are doing to take care of yourself? But it sounds like you've built those things in, like you've made sense of those. Yeah, all right, definitely. All right, for sure. All right, well, maybe on to a more ex- or, uh, happy question. What brings you joy? My son. Your son? All right. What about your son? He's just turned. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's so funny. Yeah. Very inquisitive. Mm-hmm. He reminds me so much of myself. Okay. <laughs> but All no, right. he's just, I don't know, he's home. Mm-hmm. No matter what, like, I could be mad at home one minute because he's so bad. So mm-hmm. I might, like, scream at him or something. He'll get, like, a little attitude, and mm-hmm. he'll be in my face like, hi, mommy. What you doing, mommy? <laughs> and it's just like, how can you recover that quick? Because I, I hold grudges. So he yeah. teaches me, like, to have a softer heart, basically. Mm. So, like, what is it, like, 
I mean, other than him being your son, and you saying you see so much of yourself in him, his inquisitive nature, maybe even that little rebellious streak you talked about, pushing your buttons, but, you know, being soft, like, what is it about him that makes you so willing to be, like, reflective and, and open in that way? Because he's innocent. Mm-hmm. He's literally innocent. He doesn't, you know, he's not, let me swear, what am I trying to say here? He's not old enough to let anything like really get to him so it's like he's just one of the people where it's like any little thing like he could fall right now break his neck break Mm -hmm. something and he'll be back to normal the next minute because it's (laughs) like you know he doesn't understand what's going on he doesn't you Mm -hmm. know the world's crazy absolutely the world is so crazy and it's like he has no idea what he's like living it's so funny you say that because when you say innocent, I also hear in some ways like he's fearless. He is. Yeah. Absolutely fearless. He's not scared of anything, and that actually scares me. <laughs> Why? Because he's just not, I don't know. Like, I just feel like he's a daredevil. And I yeah. love that for him. Like, I'm not one of those parents. Like, I, have, I stand on that and not be one of those parents who makes a kid scared of stuff. Because I feel like when kids are scared of things, it's because the parents instilled that fear into them mm-hmm. but i let him do whatever like he loves animals okay. huge animals any type of animals <laughs> his favorite animal is an elephant all right he's just not he'll jump in the pool like nothing <laughs> he'll he climbed the fence yesterday at the homewood game and i'm just like dude he's trying to run on the field with the big team trying to play football he just i don't yeah. know fearless, like once at all literally i mean in, in a lot of ways that sounds like the 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 embodiment of this i mean not to say your son's a boss bitch but like <laughs> when you talk about yourself in that right. way it's like the embodiment like everything like i want it all type of thing or Literally. not maybe i want it all but like every i can do it all yeah yeah like do you feel that way about yourself yeah okay i feel like i could do anything i put my mind to all right well if i were to force you because i don't want to say that your son can't bring you joy because i don't have kids but i'd imagine if i did it would mm-hmm. if i were to force you to say something within yourself though that brought you joy what is there a way is there something you could tell me that is mm-hmm. which is hard because your son came from you but like <laughs> something that like is self-containing my resilience mm-hmm Wow, that brings you joy? Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because a lot of stuff that I go through, if somebody else is in my shoes, they would have been broke. And I, like, take mm-hmm. pride in that. Like, you know, being able to even... I'm my biggest critic, so it's like a lot of times I don't realize when I'm beating myself up, like, you know, well, I came from this, I came from that. I went through this, this, that, and third. I made it this far. Mm-hmm. Why is this little... Why am I about to let this little upset, you know, make me snap out or go mm-hmm. back, you know, revert to my old ways or anything, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, my resilience makes me brings me joy. You you keep saying that you've been through a lot. Like it feels like that weighs heavy on you. Like all those things that you've been through. Like or I wouldn't even say weighs heavy on you. I'm sorry. I, it feels like that's just like very front of mind. Yeah. Like are you are you like do you feel like you're going to keep going through a lot? Like what is it about that? I mean, life be life. Like, <laughs> I feel like life in itself a lot. So I can't say I'm not going to keep going through a lot. But I can't yeah. say I am. Yeah. But I just feel like more so than most, like you, it's almost like you got this consistent danger sense, like it's like PTSD. Oh yeah, that's wild. PTSD is a heavy thing to say, though, man. I like, mean, that's real. It is. Yeah, it really is. Like, where does that come from? If you don't mind me asking. Um, growing up in the hood, of course. Mm-hmm. 
and just losing people. Like I could be with, I could leave you right now mm-hmm. and then get a call. Tommy, like, you know, that's yeah. crazy as hell. Like, how's that, you yeah. know, like way life works. Mm. It's just life. It sounds like that's the, that maybe in, in some situation that maybe has been a dynamic, like, you know, that, that the surprise of it all. Yeah. Like that's, that weighs heavy on you. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like it's maybe someone who might have experienced the surprise of losing somebody more often than other people. Right. It like to for you to say that resilience could bring you joy. It's like almost like a shock that you feel like you're still here, in in a lot it, 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 to the degree that you are. Survivor's guilt, definitely. Yeah. 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 Survivor's guilt, like that. Could, that's heavy, yo. Like, <laughs> what the hell, man? It's like, life. Yeah. Like, what do you? What is it that you feel like you're like? supposed to do with that though mm, probably unpack it I don't know I've mm-hmm. tried I definitely went to therapy before and it was cool and then in the middle of therapy I lost somebody else so it was just like I ain't mm. trying to you know talk about my emotions right now this is too fresh and ever since then it's just been like you know mm-hmm. I learned how to deal with it on my own yeah the, the reason that I named this podcast like the whole I don't know Tom thing is because I feel like the things that we people always say like oh i know myself i know myself but what you the things that you don't know about yourself start when you start asking like i don't know you answer like i don't know why i like that or i don't know why i don't like fish this type of fish or whatever the case is and like when you really start to get to the root of those you start to understand more about yourself mm-hmm. like I, I joke about how my grandmother because she had a, a sign on the wall that said if it's pink in the middle it's cooked too little for like meat mm-hmm. that i didn't eat like a medium steak until i was like 25 <laughs> years old right like so i was always eating well done steak and stuff so it's like these little things in life influence us to a major degree and right. it sounds like for you because of the losses that you face they've impacted you so much that like you're just always on like constant alert to a degree and it's like I can't let anything hold me back. I can't let, it's like I'm the soldier in the field type of thing. Definitely. Because I feel like I got a lot to accomplish just on some stuff that have me and my ones that passed away talked about. Like I got to make sure I mm-hmm. finish what we started. When you say that you got to make sure, like what are those things that like, what is what is that goal? Like do you have a version of yourself you view as like, the successful version of you or like these is there an end goal to what you're looking to do um one day i just want to be able just to run all my businesses like mm-hmm. my biggest problem is i don't i struggle with consistency so it's like i yeah. could be working on my boutique today everything's going good and then I'm trying to get Cartier's line off the ground so I start mm-hmm. slacking my boutique I want to be able to build a team mm-hmm. and I just want to be able to have generational wealth like I don't want my son to ever have to work for anybody except our companies mm-hmm. and I, I noticed that like about you I'm, I appreciate you being vulnerable and saying like you're you're sharing what a, a weakness might be or you see as in terms of the consistency thing but the one thing I do see very like visibly is that like you're always inspired. Like there's always something that you're working on, and like definitely, I don't know what the end goal is, but there's always momentum. There's always an energy behind something that you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It never seems like you're sitting down. From I just be trying shit. I feel like you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. So why mm-hmm. not? If you miss it, then what? At least you, as long as you tried it. Yeah, that's a very interesting point. But to your other point, you said the consistency thing. Like, why do you think that is? 
I get distracted very, very easily. <laughs> and when I feel like, like, I'm a person who's used to fast money or just fast results. Mm. So when that's not happening, it's just like, all right, I'm moving to the next thing. So it's like the instant gratification thing. If you're not getting immediately what you put in, it's like, well, what am I? Yeah. yeah. And I hate that I'm like, I mean, I, it's like a blessing and a curse that I'm like that. Mm-hmm. I hate it because it's like, once I do that, it's like, all right, I either revert back to something else I was working on, you know, trying to fix that or see where mm-hmm. I could go better with that or I'm trying something new and it's just like all right if that don't work out then what I'm just wasting all this money on this stuff so I really you know I gotta really lock in and Mm -hmm. figure it out but it'd be you know it'll happen I mean one of the things that I I, to give you some grace though I would imagine that maybe in some ways is influenced by the fact that you've seen people who have been following their goals get stopped short so it's like you maybe feel and maybe some way that you don't have time to wait around. To, and that's to why see. I think I'm a, my biggest critic. Mm-hmm. Damn. So it's like you you always feel this pressure to succeed, but you're always super critical of what that looks like. Oh, I got ashes on your couch. No, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So if you were to think about, you know, the people that came before you and, like, what they taught you or how they influenced you, who would those people be and what did they teach you? Mm-hmm. My granddad, mm-hmm. he just taught me, my granddad taught me everything. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not nothing I could think of that my granddad didn't teach me. Mm-hmm. You got an example of something he taught you? That's what I'm trying to think of. No, that's all right. Take your um, time. He taught me how important family is. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's the biggest one I could say. Because mm. he was definitely a family man. Mm. Like, who else? Kwani. Uh, Kwani taught me really how to run it up. Like, that's mm-hmm. one thing about Kwani. He could be dead broke today mm-hmm. have be up couple minutes like just Mm -hmm. on some you know don't matter how he's getting it he's making sure he's getting it type and I think that's where it comes from where yeah like my hustler mentality like when I really start being around him all the time it was just like all right that's really like when my lashes and stuff he's Mm -hmm. like you really sell lashes like it's dope like (laughs) facts it was just like yeah I turned the city up with the lashes Mm -hmm. um Savage taught me how to be a friend Mm -hmm. because I when me and Savage first met each other I hated Savage Mm. I hated him bad. And then it was like, he was just always so consistent. Like, hey, what's up? Like, just when he would see me, I'd be like, why are you speaking to me? And then one day I pulled him aside and told him, like, this is why I don't like you. And, da, da, da. <laughs> and then it's like, from that day on, we was together straight for the next couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, Pootie taught me a lot, too. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of one thing that Pootie did teach me. Mm. Damn near how to make some bread too, for real. Mm-hmm. It's like watching them doing what they did in their lane. I learned how to take that and switch it into, like, you know, to mm-hmm. my lane type. Mm-hmm. And that ambition, like, you've you seen it was possible. Right. Like, if you was willing to put in the work. Like, I, I definitely can appreciate that. Like, I think one of the biggest challenges in, in trying to encourage somebody is just getting them to see themselves 
like as successful like to see that it's possible right you know what I'm saying like and that's why you know the people that I look up to and I've probably mentioned him like a million times on this podcast already but like Kevin Hart Mm-hmm. is like somebody that I look at um, as an example, not so much because I think he's like the funniest person in the world, mm-hmm. but because he did it with work ethic. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like Eddie Murphy is a comedian, but Eddie Murphy, in my opinion, was like talent beyond talent. Like he could sing like right. everything, right? Like when you listen to Kevin Hart's story, it was like a man who just didn't quit. Like he had some talent, but he just worked and worked. And even now, like that's his definite, like his, his thing is work. So like that's the one thing that I knew no matter what I could do mm-hmm. and I could relate to that. I feel know? like I feel the same way about Tyler Perry. Mm-hmm. Like he was whole home. Like that, yeah. that's motivation. Like yeah. he was homeless and now look at him. He owns the whole, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's crazy to me. Yeah. And it's like, I used to, uh, I think I liked him so much that when I was little, my mom used to have all the Medea plays and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Watching the plays from the shows and the movies, I definitely I love the plays more. Like I wish I was able to see a play when they were like you know yeah. came to the biome and all that. Absolutely. But it's like watching the plays to the movies and stuff, and now it's like you own a whole production grounds. Like, like people come to you, Disney comes to you to record crazy or to film stuff. Yeah, crazy. So that's like definitely I feel what you're saying about the whole Kevin Hart yeah. thing. I don't want to mess it up, but I think I remember watching BMF and they said it so clearly. It was like see it, touch it. Or see it, imagine it, touch something like that. But I it was like what, yeah. that idea of like all you got to do is be able to like see it in your mind. But what's challenging for people is that the biggest goals require the most of us. And I knew for me, my biggest challenge was discipline. And it sounds like you felt like the same way. Like the mm-hmm. consistency piece is a challenge for you too. What I learned, and it's something that Kwani also taught me, you got to trust the process. Mm-hmm. Like you can't. You got to trust the process. If yeah. you could see it, like you said, if you could see it in your mind, you could see you being that, mm-hmm. trust the process. It's going to happen. Yeah. It and might not happen today. It might not happen tomorrow, but the wind's coming. It just doesn't matter when it's coming. Yeah. That's why the question I ask about what brings you joy, I think, is so important because I feel like, you know, what I hope to do on this podcast is give people a little bit more insight into themselves. Mm-hmm. And I feel like whatever we're meant to do, it does two things it brings us joy and it's something we're good at mm-hmm. and i feel like if you we can figure out what brings us joy that's when you learn to trust the process because you know every time i go in at least i'm working on something that i like exactly. and that i'm enjoying you know what i'm saying so even if i don't see the direct benefit of it today right you know what i'm saying so that that's the thing that i i think is really important in what we what we whatever we choose to do mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying but these people that that came before you it does seem like they've had a significant impact on you because their signature is stamped all over you. Like you care deeply about family and you're somebody that goes and gets it. Like, why do you feel like out of all the lessons you could have learned of all the people, like those are the things that stuck with you? Cause that's what they stood on the most, I feel like. Mm-hmm. That's great. And I feel like that's like a part of their legacy that I'm carrying on. Yeah. If if I'm correct, some of those people aren't here anymore, correct? They're all dead. They're all dead. Damn, I'm sorry to hear that. Like, I remember, like, I, I didn't know you too well, but I remember when, you know, Pootie passed away. And, like, it seemed like you carried, like, that was a significant, like, that really, really, like, you know what I'm saying? You're about to make me cry. I'm sorry. See, I, it's not my goal to make people cry on this podcast, I swear. No, but, yeah, like, that, that, yeah. 
like I lost friends throughout my life. Like my first friend died when I was six and it was on some, we lived across the street from him. It was my friend Frankie. I called Luther like my big brother. Mm. I had just happened to like go in the house and all you heard was all these gunshots. Mm. Frankie was dead. And I understand that at the time because it's like, you know, he, um, I remember it was like a period in time where he was like in jail for a little bit. I think I, I think he was in jail. He might have been in place in whatever the case was. And then I didn't see him. I was, uh, I used to go, well, I still go to church, but my grandma used to do like caring and sharing at my church. And they used to have like the cis boys come and help us out. Mm-hmm. And I happened to turn around one day and Frankie was there. And I'm like, oh my God, like, where have you been? Like, yeah. that's my first time seeing him in like months. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, that's my first friend I lost. And then. Mm-hmm. Since then, it was like, wow, like just not back to back, but I definitely lost a lot of, a lot of people. Yeah, it, 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 I feel like it sounds to me like the lessons that have stuck with you have been like really like stamped on you because of those losses. Definitely. Yeah. Because your time could be cut short anytime. Yeah. You gotta make this shit count. Like you really only get one life and people look at life like it's a game. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Looking at life like it's a game. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely clearing your work ethic. Like, I don't think, like, I mean, one thing that I know for sure is, like, you are going to get to it. And it's like, it's like you don't hesitate in that. Like, I think a lot of people who are even the creators, they'll look at whatever they're about to put out there and be like, I don't know if I should do it. I'm I'm honestly the same way. Like, I'm one of those people, I want everything to be perfect. If it's not to my liking, it's like, nah. Mm -hmm. But it's like, (laughs) if a person likes it, I mean, like, you know, if a person likes it, a person likes it. So I had to get myself out of that. But I'm definitely one of those people where I want everything to be perfect before a drop, Mm -hmm. before I present anything. But I had to get out of that too because my perfect doesn't look like everybody's perfect. Like, I'm a perfectionist where it's like everything has to be tedious and put together and it's like that'll drive me crazy yeah how do you feel like you overcome that then like to just do it then um opinions of others like i'll i got one friend where i'll call her about not every single thing for my businesses but like you know when it comes to like my podcast and stuff like that or Mm -hmm. My next move for my photo shoots well really for my photo shoots i just go like Mm -hmm. i'll call somebody pitch them this idea if yeah. they're, they like it it's like all right cool i'm putting it together mm. but like for my businesses it's like i got one friend where i'll call her ask her, her opinion and she's one of the people where it's like she plays more at the back like she's not really one of them front center type person okay. type of people needs to be center stage type of thing right yeah. like she she's more reserved like she mm-hmm. got it in her but she's not that type of person so it's like we see eye to eye when it comes to certain stuff like mm-hmm. I wouldn't see eye to eye with some of my friends they might think I'm too extra and stuff like that yeah. but she understands me so it's like I'll call her Okay, she'll be like yeah or no I think you need to do it this way da, 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 and we'll go from there so it, found, it sounds like you found people that you can you, you value their opinion because they see the authentic you like they can right. and you know that like if, if they're seeing something that's off it's not because they're seeing a different you it's because they're seeing something you don't see and you respect that right yeah so thinking of all of these things that you've done, podcasts, YouTube channel, like all these photo shoots, modeling, being one of the, you know, nightlife in the city, all of these things that you do, what is one thing you feel like you're really good at? My modeling. Modeling? 
Why is that? I'm just most comfortable behind the camera. Mm. What's interesting about you saying that too is that I was going to bring up the fact that like you said that out of all the things that you usually get feedback on, that's probably the one that you don't need the most on. Right. Yeah. But and that's the because that maybe is the one thing. It sounds like that's the thing you feel like you're the best at. Right. What is it about you being in front of the camera that you feel most comfortable about? Like why does you why do you have that connection with the camera? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, think it's I don't know Tom Job. I should have <laughs> called you. <laughs> I think it's because when I was a kid, like I was always like in like the limelight, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm used to it. Like I used to have solos in the church choir. I was a dancer in the church choir. I had solos with that. Like mm-hmm. I remember elementary school. I forget what class it was for, but one of my little short stories got published in a book. I was in like a, I went away to writing camp, stuff like that. So it's like, I'm a creative, like Mm -hmm. I'm definitely, and it's like, I'm getting back to that side of me. So it's like with my modeling and stuff, I come up with all my own concepts for my photo shoots, videos, all that. Mm -hmm. It just fits me. Like Mm -hmm. it's a part of me that nobody really ever knew that I had in me, but it's me. Yeah. And all of these things that you're, and all of these concepts that you're doing, they're usually like, very creative they usually have a theme you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. what is it that you feel is it that you feel like you're using your body as art in these moments like i never thought about it like that i yeah. just like coming up with concepts i don't okay. know okay but that's what i'm saying is because you could just be going out there and just doing anything mm-hmm. but it sounds like you're trying to almost like paint a picture or tell a story whenever you go and do these things hmm. i like that I'm not, <laughs> you agree? Yeah, I'm, I agree with that. <laughs> okay, so if that's true, then now I'm, I'm gonna ask you this question. If that's true, what is it that you think you're trying to say? One second. Why is it so hot in here? I don't know. I thought the air conditioner was on. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. Yeah. So we were talking about like you using your modeling to tell a story. Like, what do you think? What do you think that is? Like, what are you trying to tell? I don't know. <laughs> There's, there seems to be a sexual component to it. Like, does that have something to do with it, or do, is that just a part of it, the overall aesthetic? If it, I feel like if I am telling a story, I'm telling a story of how, for years, I was never comfortable in my body. Like, okay. I hated being bottom-heavy. Like, it just always made me uncomfortable. Honestly, I didn't start wearing shorts and stuff until maybe, like, 2000. 16, 17, I want to say. I okay. hated it. But it's like females, a lot of, I know a lot of females go through that, but don't know how to like, you know, work through it. So it's like, maybe that's the story I'm trying to tell. Like making yeah. people know you can be comfortable. Well, and that, I would, not that I would agree with it, but like, I think <laughs> that like, what's dope about you saying that, because I can see like the combination of the two, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think that whenever a creative, like, goes out and becomes creative they use a paintbrush and they use it to tell a story if you're using your body to tell a story i think that you are like saying to the world that like yeah this is the thing that is like maybe sexualized or people are looking for but this is like me putting my discomfort out there while saying here's the creativity with it too because it's right. not just like you doing this one thing it's like mm-hmm. you doing this in like a spaceship or like <laughs> like all of these different places like it's right. definitely always like this elaborate setup like mm-hmm. where does that come from honestly i just get high and come up with something. <laughs> like, yeah i just be i might see something where i'll like get like i got a whole 
thing on my Pinterest and Instagram, like a folder save where it's like just shoot inspo. So it's like something I'll see where it's like I'll take, you know, bits and pieces from every shoot, but then make mm-hmm. it my own. Mm-hmm. Or I might see somebody do like a, like that, um, what shoot was it? Honey, I Shrunk the Kids shoot. Yes. That was my favorite movie as a kid. Mm. And I'm just trying to think of something different where, all right, Mother's Day is coming up. I'm going to do something different with me and Cartier's pictures. I don't want to, I'm tired of seeing the same old, you know, yeah. white and denim, denim and one <laughs> denim, you know, just regular photo shoots. What can I yeah. do that's different? So I just start thinking. I start looking at like Disney movie covers. I'm like, oh, this is my favorite movie as a kid. Why not? Yeah. Like, I, I think that that continues to come up too, this idea of like, taking these elements from all of these not only people that you've known but like creative inspirations and making it your own like you seem to be really good at that like excuse me it's almost like you know yourself so well that you're like i know how i would do that if that was me literally yeah like that 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 takes talent though like i i mean i don't know if you've ever considered that a talent but (laughs) you haven't (laughs) that that, it's wild to me that you haven't because it seems so natural like it's so easy for like a lot of people to look at something and say I would do it different but it's like your mind immediately goes to I know exactly how I would do that literally yeah like what are if I were to ask you in in pivoting a little bit from what you're good at to what is it that you would probably ultimately want to do with that gift do you know what that is like what's the one thing that you haven't like done in your own style that you haven't done So like if they're like you you've taken other people's hustles and made it your own, you've taken the concept of family and made it your own. Like you've even taken like like you said your favorite movie when you were a kid and made it your own. Like what's the one thing that you haven't done that you haven't put your own flair on that you might want to mm. I want a I don't know what the company would be but I follow this girl from um I don't know if she's from Texas or what her name's Mola mm-hmm. hardest bitch alive like <laughs> inspiration like the shit she does is the shit I want to do and have been wanting to do but didn't know how to do it like she has a um she has a group of females in um Texas and Houston Dallas all that mm-hmm her group's called the selective group like it's to the point where i was in houston last week her uh company van was parked outside oh wow okay. it's a group of females where so say like it's a restaurant like um carmy's or something mm-hmm. so carmy's had carmy's has their workers but on certain days of the week her workers go in and work and it's like okay. the most popping day of the week like mm-hmm. okay they take over like they um i ended up following a couple of the girls that work with her when i met them down there they like, there's like a club down there that has the regular workers, but mm-hmm. on Tuesday nights, it's her night. Like okay. she brings in our whole, and it's like, you know, that's, I'm in the nightlife. Like I've been in nightlife for 13 years now. Yeah. That stuff is like, all right, Pittsburgh, like I said, I'm so tired. That's why I retired because yeah. we do the same things every mm-hmm. week. Like she threw a net, I mean, a, a Netflix party down there, an Amazon yeah. party. And like people was like, stuff that pe- Pittsburgh people would look at like, that was corny as hell. Yeah. But her bottle girls looked so cute. Yeah. And they sold out that night. Like the yeah. club was packed. Yeah. I, it sounds to me like it's almost like the exact embodiment of being able to take your show on the road. Like 
somebody valuing your brand so much that they can see the value of bringing in you and like letting you put your spin on whatever it is. Right. Almost like a consulting firm, but like you can. You know what's crazy? My um, supervisor at one of my jobs told me I should start a party consulting firm. That's... And I'm looking at him like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's crazy you said that. I mean, like, it, it just sounds so natural because it sounds like that's the one thing that like is consistent about this story is like anybody that's ever shown you a way to kind of achieve something you've taken it put your spin on it and immediately like use your work ethic your resiliency to put into action right and i think it's that like that hustler's mentality that like i gotta get it now mm-hmm. based on what you've seen in life that's been like driving you to this point but it sounds like you've already acknowledged that to get to that next phase whatever that might be you got to unlock that consistency thing like how do you tap in and and get beyond the use that hustler mentality but just not see the benefit of that hustler mentality every day that that sounds like that's the challenge i feel like that goes back to me being my biggest critic Mm -hmm. like you might can see it somebody who's around me every day can see it but i don't see it because i'm not where i want to be at Mm mm-hmm yeah, I mean, that's that's always going to be the thing that's the the hardest thing about trusting the process to me is that when people say trust the process, it's like, OK, well, believe in yourself. Right. It's easy to say, but like, how do you do that every day? And I always bring up the Kevin Hart example, like in his book, he talked about, you know, when he was in the middle of following his dream, he was on stage performing at a strip club, that's a comedian wild. at a strip club. And somebody threw a chicken wing and hit him in the chest. And it's like, how do you go home, wake up, and go back out and be a comedian after getting hit with a chicken wing in your chest? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that also goes back to just envision, envisioning yourself where you want to be. Like, exactly. he probably was like, you know, definitely discouraged. Like, certain mm-hmm. things definitely discourage me, but it's like I never let it make me quit. See? And that's the thing I think that, like, is the challenge is like, all right, maybe you haven't quit on like doing stuff but like how do you not quit when you want to quit the thing that you said you give up on right like if you're you get distracted or you want to do something else like how do you not quit that thing i feel like you just take a break and reset okay all right there's nothing wrong with taking a break all right so when you say that then because you said discipline was or not discipline but consistency was a challenge for you like what stops you from being consistent then if you know all of this because you it sounds you have the answers (laughs) <laughs> You're such a psychiatrist. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> um, what stops me? What you ask? I said, what stops you from being consistent? Then what I gets get in the bored way? Bored easily. Bored. That's what it is. I like. Yeah. Okay. And I was always, even like looking back, uh, like thinking back to when I was in school and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was always on my report cards. Like I'm easily distracted. Like mm-hmm. I, I, once I'm bored, it's like I'm smart as hell. Yeah. But if I'm if I'm done with all my work. Yeah. I'm doing clown. something else. Like, I'm yeah. doing something, and the teacher used to be pissed. All right. It's like, once I'm bored, I just can't... Continue. Right. I completely agree. That That's definitely something that's hard for me. I think that it, it's easier said than done to deal with that. You know, I, I can sit here and say, you should do X, Y, Z, but, like, Literally. until you figure out the secret sauce for yourself, that's always going to be a challenge, for sure. Definitely. So, another question, the next question I have, and don't worry, oh, we only got three more. Huh? How was that? I'm sorry, I'm off topic. What? The book of hope. I'm oh yeah, go. it was dope. I um, went last weekend okay. with one of my homies. Yeah, it was it was dope. Like, 
it was definitely like influencer central there. Like yeah, every like a... everybody that was somebody was there taking pictures and doing mm-hmm. stuff. But the exhibit was nice. Like it was nice to be a part of like to be able to see like where he sat to record like right. all the albums and to see so many people that appreciate it like one man's body of work. Right. Like that's that's what I aspire for is that like if you're able to touch that many people, mm-hmm. then you've done something. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and you've created something that's going to live beyond you, which which is dope. But it sounds like, in a lot of ways, you're already on that path. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you saying that, like, you already have a vision for what you want this to be. You've already seen it modeled by this woman in Houston. It, it's like, how do you make that your own now? In a lot of ways. I didn't figure it out yet. Yeah. And that's cool. But, I mean, at least you know what to look for. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, my biggest, like I just said on my um, vlog last week, I said it's on my vlog, I'm going to come back to this video, like, five years from now. Yeah. I want to start, because I definitely plan on moving out to Pittsburgh soon. Mm-hmm. But I want to come back and be able to take different parts of nightlife everywhere I've been and stuff like that or wherever I, you know, mm-hmm. stay and study and bring it back to Pittsburgh. Because mm-hmm. we don't really have a... Our nightlife is more so geared towards, it's not for us. It's not Mm -hmm. a black culture um, nightlife, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And and we were talking about that, you know, before the pod. There's so many dimensions of what you've seen be successful that you sound like you want for the city that just isn't here yet. Definitely. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In that regard, in terms of, like, thinking about either stuff that's not here or whatever is going on, like... This isn't a good pivot, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. <laughs> what are you afraid of? In life? Whatever. In life, in general, theoretically, whatever. Leaving my son on this earth vessel mm. with nothing to, like, not being successful before leaving this earth. Mm-hmm. Because then it's like my son's going to have to work 10 times harder. You know what's crazy is that I've talked to people that would classify themselves as, as hustlers in one way or another, like people that go get it, that have the mentality, and almost every single one of them have, has had that exact same fear. Yeah, it's real. That's that's crazy to me. Like, I knew that I would get benefits of just doing this podcast. Not that, like, it would be cool to be successful or right. uh, famous, but... The, the main benefit is just having these conversations. Like, it's, it's a platform for me to have conversations with people in ways that I never would have had before. Right. And the one thing that I've noticed is that I'm learning a lot, and that's something that jumps out to me, is that every, anyone who has ever lived a life where they've seen extreme success, but they've also seen tra- dramatic loss and tragic mm-hmm. loss, their biggest fear is always, like, not being success. Literally. Because it's like... When people die, people get weird, and I've seen it a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Regardless if it's like people just get weird, and it's like I don't want my son to have to go through that. I don't want my son to feel like whoever he's left with when I do leave this earth doesn't love him or not taking mm-hmm. care of him the right way. Or I don't want her to be like if my mom was here, like you know stuff like that. Like I see people on the internet saying and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like if my mom was here, I wouldn't have to worry about this. It's not third. It should never be like that. Mm-hmm. It should already be. Somehow, I wanted to be for Mass and at least it's already handled. Like he doesn't have to worry about like if my mom, it don't. My mom's still here. Like she mm-hmm. set me up for life. Mm-hmm. 
That's dope. Like, I, I think what's also interesting is, like, it makes that line by Mitch and paid in full when he said, you know, if I lead a game, would they still love me? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a real fear in, in, in just not getting to where you thought you could go and, and also not being remembered even. Not even you talk not, about, like, I, okay. I'm going to cut you off. No, please do. But yeah. when I think of that, like what I just said, I think of Boosie when he said, when I'm when it's all said and day, when, I mean, when it's all said and done, wait. When I'm all old and gray and my mission is done, you pussy motherfuckers, y'all going to hate on my son. Mm-hmm. Fact because he's going to be, <laughs> he's, he's going to be me. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be. He's not gonna like. I promise. He's not gonna have to worry about nothing. Mm. He's gonna have businesses. He's gonna. He's taking over. That's amazing. So, yeah, it, it always. It usually ends up being like that in a lot of ways. Our, our fears are usually tied to our, our the thing that or our fears are tied to the thing that we want in life. You know, right. it's like they almost it, in, in that regard. It fuels us. That's crazy, man. So, in a lighter note, like, I think I've already asked you this, like, several different times, but just to put a pin on it, who do you want to become? What's the ultimate version of Kishana? Wave of magic wand, perfect circumstances, all the money you need, whatever you need to do, what you need to do. Well, you named everything, so, like, what's the question? Well, but who, like, tell me, like, paint the scene for me. Like, what are you doing on a a perfect Kishana day? A perfect Kishana day... I'm waking up. I'm coming downstairs to breakfast. How many stories? And and wait, are you in your own house or is it like a penthouse mansion? What is it? So I'm like conflicted with that. Okay. I want like I definitely want to want my own mansion, but at the same time, I want a penthouse. Okay. So I don't know. All right. So let's let's biocoastal. We'll say okay, that. Okay, biocoastal. Like, in yeah. one of your houses, you're waking one up, my house. coming I'm waking downstairs. Up breakfast. All right. Getting Cartier ready for school or something. All right. Married, single, polyamorous. What's going on there? Manage your business. I didn't get that far yet. All right. Know. Fair enough. Married, right. maybe, but <laughs> okay. I don't know. All right. That's not important, but so you're getting Cartier ready for school? Driving them to school, having to talk, dropping mm-hmm. them off, going to my office, handling mm-hmm. everything with my business for the day. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just sounds like you're able to kind of not only be with your son be comfortable wake up without like a feeling of like urgency mm-hmm. but also like get into work and be able to feel like you're in charge of what happens next like whatever I don't that- even i'm not one of those people like I'm, i don't power trip i don't want to feel like i'm in charge i just want things to run smoothly i want everybody to know like you know we all have a position to play mm-hmm. and if that comes down to me having to sweep the floor for that day i'm mm-hmm. fine with that like you mm-hmm. know i just feel like when people become successful or when people get these like titles with them, they forget where they came from and they mm-hmm. like power trip and it's like, that's not cool. Because mm-hmm. everybody has to play a certain position for the business to run smoothly. And if that means you have to do 10 things, 10 different jobs at a time, then so be it. Mm-hmm. So it, it sounds like what you're saying is like, as a leader, like even if it is your job to be the boss, you want to make sure that it's known amongst the people that you work with or the team that you're leading that you're willing to do whatever you're asking them to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? You haven't and forgotten And I want them to be comfortable enough to, if they have an idea to bring to the table or if they don't agree with something I'm saying, like, you know, I'm always down for a healthy, you know, debate or whatever. Keeping that open. Right. Yeah. Is that because, like, do you feel like that's always been given to you in these positions, like, in positions where people have, like, been the boss? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, at least that's been role models, so. All right. So, I asked you in the beginning, 
who are you and you said boss bitch and a bunch of other stuff <laughs> i'm asking you again to close out the pot who are you again after going through this whole process what would you say still that bitch still that bitch <laughs> <laughs> all right that works for me so uh i usually give the guests an opportunity to ask me is there anything you want to ask me you can ask me anything what is your degree in my degree so I have an undergraduate degree in psychology, oh, okay. and that's my bachelor's degree, and then my master's is in uh, higher education and counseling, so like working with students in the higher education setting. So I can see the psychology part. <laughs> you can see the psychology part? Yeah, yeah I think... I if not, you need to go back to school. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the goal. I, I mean, I'm heading back for my PhD at oh, some point, so great. try to give this podcast some more credential a little bit, but... Oh, yeah, um, yeah, but that's the, the goal is to, to do this in a, a way that helps people and, and is relatable to people that might not always get the opportunity to tell their stories. You right. know what I'm saying? So any other questions though? Mm. You can ask me whatever. Did you do one on yourself yet? Do this pot for myself? No, I haven't done this yet. I've, I've asked myself these questions, but I've not sat on the pot and done this with anybody yet. Do so. you plan on doing it? It'll be interesting. I might do a Tom versus Thomas pot or something like yeah. that. Like a, That would be hard though. Yeah, it might be. It's definitely something that would like, I don't. I wonder if people would listen to me talk to myself. Or even I seen. Um, I recently watched uh, How to Get Away with Murder. Yeah. And how Annalise used to talk to her little yeah recorder. tape recorder. That might be something you want to start doing. I might do that. I've definitely this this whole this whole these questions came from uh, me thinking about the guests, but also thinking about things that I always ask myself mm -hmm. because uh, I think it's important. Like whenever I see something and I think it's weird. I don't, I stop myself and ask, like, why do I think that's weird? Where, where does that come from? And I usually get to a point where I'm like, well, I don't know. Right. And then instead of just being cool with that, I'll figure out, like, well, why don't I know? Okay, well, what's my last memory? It's like a detective. And, like, I, I feel like if I can teach other people to do the same thing, it'll create a world where people are more understanding instead of being judgmental. Because it's easy to judge. Right. You know what I'm saying? We all feel like the thing that we're doing, the way we're moving through the world is right. But... I think it's harder to be understanding, to stop your perspective and just listen to somebody else. You right. know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm hoping to teach people ultimately. So I like that. Yeah. I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> there you go. So <laughs> see, one person at a time. So any other questions? Not that I can think of. All right. Well, you can always hit me up and ask me more. So, yes, but thank you. <laughs> no, thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate it. I promise it wasn't my goal to make you cry, but <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate the vulnerability, and I hope that people that listen to this learn from it. So, that's all I got. Clap it up for Keyshawn. Thank you. Sad it's just a little feeling you get when you make it. I done tried, 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 and tried, and tried again. I can't even fake it. Yeah, I got too much money for my mom to work a job. I know she proud now. Since they see these.